Good afternoon, Rich Ness with Open Systems Media here for this week's installment of uh, Embedded Insiders. Normally I do this podcast with Brandon Lewis, but Brandon happens to be on his honeymoon this week. So we brought in our power expert, Alex Paul. Hello, Alex. Hey, how's it going, Rich? It is going great, thank you. Um, and I'm sure you're more expert in the uh, areas of power than Brandon, so uh, we, we won't tell him this, but we won't miss him this week, right? Oh, okay. Well, I'll, 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 I miss him in his own way. There you go. There you go. Okay. So <laughs> you're actually at PCIM this week, I believe, and um, I was just wondering if we could catch up and see what's happening at the show. Anything new and exciting? Anything strike you as, you know, really newsworthy? Yes. Uh, well, you know, as you know, there's a lot of buzz right now in wide band gap. And last year, uh, there was a lot of movement in the American marketplace. Like if you'd gone to APEC last year, almost every booth had some wide band gap offerings. Um, of course, it, hap- it happened again this year. But I mean, like last year in America was the big awareness that wide band gap had finally happened. I'm really getting that vibe here in Nuremberg at PCIM. The Europeans are now saying wide band gap has finally happened. Okay, hang on a second. I want you to dumb that down for me just a little bit. What exactly are you referring to when you, when you say wide band gap? Well, um, I'm talking about you know, this new generation of uh, silicon carbide and uh, gallium nitride semiconductors, which have really, really good performance specs. But of course, being a new disruptive technology, they've got to be uh, designed in. They need new packaging. They need new topologies. So it's, it's really a, a, a big integration effort, but the industry is finally seeing the benefits of these uh, technologies in the marketplace. And where are the places that we'd be seeing this stuff? What are the applications that are going to take advantage of that? Oh, well, that's, that's a really great uh, question there, Rich, because the nice thing about it is it literally spans the gamut because uh, gallium nitride is uh, very, very um, known for its high-frequency capability. So, for example, at board level for things like LiDAR and RF and uh, fast switching applications, gallium nitride is very, very uh, useful and is actually superior to silicon in a lot of ways. At the very high voltages, 1,200, 1,700 volts, silicon carbide, because of its very high robustness, temperature stability and such, is very, very good for very high voltage, very high power applications. So the industry now is is, is integrating these newer technologies. Uh, For example, you could drop the size of a solar inverter by 60% by switching from silicon devices to silicon carbide devices just because of the increased robustness, voltage capabilities, and thermal management. It's really, really interesting to see how people are implementing the technology. Okay, so one of the things I've learned in my many years is that there's a downside to everything. What is the downside of this technology? Cost. The biggest problem is that, of course, it's still early stages. The first issue is cost, and frankly, the second issue is packaging because these devices are so high performance that if I put it, say for example, a silicon carbide device in a TO247 package, which you can get one, the parasitics in the package actually take away from the performance of the device. So in order to have proper implementation, you actually need to have new semiconductor packages with lower parasitics to allow these devices to truly perform. So it's cost and packaging. You mentioned at the onset of this, of this discussion that 
it's just starting to roll out in Europe. Are the Americans ahead of the Europeans with this technology? No, I would say it's more the fact that the Europeans are are more conservative. They really, really, really uh, want to see the technology not only function, but they want to see it from that vendors that they trust and uh, people that they know. So a lot of the the startups in the uh, space have now partnered with bigger companies so that they can uh, offer that reliability and trust to the more conservative and skeptical audience. But it's not so much of a technology thing at this point. It's a trust and development thing. So are, are we seeing deployments already, or is, is it still too early for that? Um, we're seeing the first generation of broad design in. Uh, we, we, there were packages from, uh, in the case of on semiconductor, they had uh, partner companies with automotive drive systems. If you went over to Wolf Speed's booth, they had people uh, with uh, solar inverters and um, grid level stuff. If you went over to, say, um, one of the companies that were dealing with the gallium nitride, like uh, GAN systems, we saw things like uh, wireless charging applications. So these technologies, depending on uh, how much of an early adopter you are, you can actually buy some of these things now, but they're going to be totally mainstream by the end of this year, beginning of next, because the, the real design ends by real companies making real products are being announced now. Very interesting. So I know the Europeans treat trade shows a lot differently than we do here in the States. How is PCIM in general? I mean, is, is there a big buzz? Is it crowded? Oh, yeah. It's a nice, well, you know, the nice thing about, the, about these shows is that because, it, you know, it's Europe, you get a lot of people from Italy and Spain and France, and they like because of the multinationality. They like to see each other when they make their their business deals. So you really get a nice, healthy crowd on the floor. And the other difference is because you have so many guests and you're trying to negotiate. You really want to keep them at your booth. The booths here in Europe, you got beer and you got you know coffee and they give you pretzels and basically. It's almost a host atmosphere at a European show because they really want you to spend time at their booth because they want to spend time with you talking about business. In the States, it's a lot of, here's our tech. Uh, We know you're going to look us up and talk to us later. But uh, the European shows are really oriented more towards deal-making on the spot. Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but since you already said it, I have these images in my head of all these people standing around drinking some fine wine. (laughs) Well, I bet you a lot of salesmen in the States wish they could give their clients a glass of wine before making them sign the line that is dotted. Probably very true, very true, very true. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a great report, and I appreciate you taking the time, Alex. Um, for those of you, Any time for you, Rich. My pleasure. Alex has joined the OSM Embedded Computing Design Team as our European correspondent and our power and analog editor. And he's only been with us for, what is it, like six weeks now. And he's had some very large contributions, and he will continue to do so. So we're very excited about it. Thank you for saying such nice things, Rich. Uh, I don't have a good comeback to that, so I'm just going to leave it as is. <laughs> that was this week's uh, Embedded Insiders, and we look forward to speaking to everybody next week. Thanks, Alex. Have a great day. Thank you, Rich. Take care now.